Hello, I'm Alec Wilkinson and welcome to episode 18 of Sailing Uncovered. Coming up... You'll see some of the totally blind helms when they're going downwind. They turn and face backwards and feel the breeze on their face. How do you sail if you're blind? We hear from one of the world's top blind sailors and... He said, look, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to want to do a Vendée Globe after 2016 and I'm pretty sure my sponsors and the project want to continue. Uh, so potentially this could be some, the beginning of something big. Round the world sailor Sam Davis on her 2020 Vendée Globe campaign and how it all came about. Now you may have noticed a button, it's red on uh, certain apps, asking you to become a patron of the podcast. That's different from subscribing. You can subscribe for free. Um, but you'll notice there's, there's no advertising or sponsors. We are very much independent. Our guests, all of them top names in sailing, give up their time because they want to share their passion for the sport with as many people as possible. Now, being English, we sat around uh, earlier on saying, oh, how are we going to put this? You can't talk about money. It's just not the done thing. Well, given the fact that we've got an awful lot of listeners in the United States, we'll be American about this. If you're American, right, you'd just say it as it is, wouldn't you? You'd say, give us the cash. We need the cash to cover our costs. And everyone would say either yes or no. So I'm going to take a leaf out of your book. We have costs. It would be great if you could cover some of them for us. And if you enjoy the show, it would be great if you could help us with a donation, a huge help. So even a small donation would be a big help. Or, of course, we could just do this. Roll up, roll up. Please put your pennies in the tin. There. Right, shall we start the show? Just think of all the senses that you use when you're sailing. Your sight is probably one that you use most, would you agree? Now, imagine if you were visually impaired. How confident would you be setting off on a sailing boat? Well, our first guest is both a brave and lovely lady all in one. She's a world champion sailor and alongside her racing medals, she also happens to have an MBE. Lucy Hodges, hello. Hello. Um, Now, MBE, for, for those listening who aren't British, listening in other parts of the world, the MBE is an award given to special people by um, the British Queen. And um, all the press photos of people receiving their MBEs, including yours, has, you know, a, a big kind of medal with a, with a red sash and, and, and so on. But actually, you, what you're wearing today is a tiny little um, sort of pin badge. Yeah, it's called the day pin for your MBE. Um, I was lucky enough to get mine through um, my commitment to the charity Blind Sailing and also my own personal endeavours in sailing and being blind. And this is the day pin. And uh, yeah, I was given my award by the Queen in the New Year's Honours in 2014 and still something that's at the front of my mind. So Blind Sailing, um, tell me a little bit more about it because I think for most people they they don't even know that it's possible no it's been really interesting few weeks for me it's a charity for anyone that's visually impaired and also for sighted volunteers to enable us to go onto the water be it rib drivers for safety or the actual sailors and racers themselves so sailing two classes match racing blind match racing i'll explain a little bit more later and fleet racing we've just won the world championships out in sheboygan in september and you have two sighted on board and two vis um racing round the cans so i mean it's incredible really so how and you've touched on it already uh, but how do you sail how do you know where you're going how do you know what the sails are doing how how do you do it if you're blind or visually impaired it was interesting someone asked me the other day what age did i get into and how did i get into it and um i'm still 
still sort of like understanding how I did it. I jumped onto board a boat and I sort of naturally held the tiller and was sort of listening to what they were talking to me. Communication is massive in our racing. So we have a tactician when we're racing that touches nothing and talks about the race course, what the other boats are doing and, and guides us around, describes the weight pro. Sighted crew that does a bit of the, the extra bits you need to do um, for the person on the main sheet that can't see it fully. Only tiny, tiny adjustments. And then for me on the helm, I predominantly sit on the helm you know, I do say, and I teach the kids, it's all about feeling it through your bottom. Um, you know, you can feel the boat go slow, you can feel the boat go fast, you can feel the boat heal, you can tweak a sail and you can feel the adjustments. And then you add that in with your senses, feeling the wind on your face. I mean, you'll see some of the totally blind helms, when they're going downwind, obviously the wind's coming from behind you, they turn and face backwards. And uh, I use some of those photos as our promotion because they're going downwind when you should be facing forward in the boat and they're completely turned backwards and feeling the breeze on their face. Yeah, that's, a, that's an amazing picture you're, you're painting there. Uh, you're a four times world champion. How did you get into it in the first place? Uh, through a program uh, called In Touch on BBC Radio 4 uh, for the blind and partially sighted. My dad bought a little boat and uh, every parent's dream to have the perfect child, teach them what they need to know. And My dad's always was pushing me out the door to be normal. But sailing was a bit of a boundary that we didn't know how to cross. Um, and they advertised a weekend to come and try with our YA sailability. We came and tried and I never looked back. They said I had something natural. And it's quite weird when you're 16 year old to get told you've got something natural when you don't understand it. All the elements that you're facing, the water, the wind, and it's all completely new when you don't see, um, you know, exactly what you're doing. Um, and went from there. And 10 years ago, I took over the charity and I'm trying to build it, um, get more interest in the charity, uh, get more sponsors behind it to enable more people to take part in it. Now, obviously, you're talking about a, a British charity, Blind Sailing. Uh, are there charities and initiatives like this around the world for blind people? Yeah, and it's one of the things that I'm doing and helping is trying to grow it. So at the moment, um, it runs under an organisation called uh, BSI, Blind Sailing International. Um, it can be fed throughout our website, gbrblindsailing.co.uk. Um, and... New, New Zealand, they're massive uh, in blind sailing. Australia, America, America uh, and Australia have took our pattern that we built up to make theirs as successful as ours, and it's growing and growing. Um, it's it's in the last couple of years there's been an initiative to to make it more accessible and uh, match racing where they take away the sighted guys. This year we're going to try and bring at least another six countries from Europe. Uh, back onto the water and into the UK to have a go. And, and do you use adapted boats or same boats as everyone else? No, it's something that I go around yacht club saying, we don't need any adaptions. Um, yes, there's things you can do that make it a lot easier, but the basic friendliness, communication, um, talking on the boats, we can sail any boats. Um, we've even got totally blind people going out by themselves and sailing lasers just to get used to the feel of the boats. You know, Obviously, there's all the safety put in place, not on busy waters, ribs around and stuff like that. Um, but no, you can make adaptions. Uh, like the, with the match racing, take away the sighted guys it's all done by acoustic sound so the marks of the course make sound the boats on each tack make sounds and we race um, I had a fantastic opportunity with the women's match racing circuit and I took them racing and put blindfolds on them and it's really interesting to take the world championships sailors at the top of their game out with me and blindfold them and race against them and how did they do 
um, had to calm them down at the five minute gun because they were like, oh, I can't see this, I can't fit. And I was like, just feel the boat because how blind sailors, like I was saying, use their senses. Once I calmed them down, I started listening for the sound of the marks. They started feeling the sails and stuff like that. Um, our boat won, but we did have an advantage because I was the tactician on the board and the other <laughs> boat was purely just the uh, American match racing crew, so we'd chuck them in at the deep end. But that's the only, the biggest adaptions in racing at the moment is the match racing, putting the sound system out on the water. What's the most difficult thing for a blind person when it comes to sailing? For me, I mean, that's an interesting question. I love it because day to day, you've got everyone moving around, everything changes, loads of steps and slopes. You step on board a boat, most of the time it all stays in the same place or you're moving the boom because of the wind and the front sail. So it's, it's a fantastic place to be. I think the most difficult thing is um, on the helm, um, just getting used to different wind shift patterns and feeling the boat. Um, it can be, if the breeze goes light, knowing the breeze has gone light or you've gone too high and slowed the boat down. So that's just time out on the water and it's just like everybody uh, that wants to reach their potential putting the time in and uh, doing the homework as well and your favorite thing what what does sailing give a blind person um i think we we all say the same thing freedom they don't let you drive a car around the m25 but they let you drive a boat by yourself around a race course <laughs> just as fast and uh, we can go out and breeze up to 25 knots which you know any any sailor or unsailor it's effectively like going out and driving a car around the m25 so it's just freedom and a chance just to relax and chill and have fun with within a team environment Lucy, just tell us um, how to get in touch uh, with the charity Blind Sailing again. So through our website, www.gbrblindsailing.co.uk. Thanks, Lucy. Thank you. Lucy mentioned a couple of websites, and we've posted the details on our Facebook page. To find us, just search for Sailing Uncovered Podcast. And make sure to like and share it, please. <laughs> roll up, roll up. Uh, Our next guest this month is an old friend of the podcast. Well, not old, uh, far from it. Uh, What I mean is she's been on the show a few times uh, and co-presented, in fact, our Vendée Globe Arrivals show, uh, which is episode eight, should you wish to listen back to that. and happens to be one of my favourite episodes of all, so tune in and find out why. We're talking about Sam Davis, who was part of Team SCA in the 2012 Volvo Ocean Race. She's competed in two Vendée Globe races already, which happen every four years, starting and finishing on the west coast of France. And they're horrendously brutal, with sailors having to sail around the world single-handed, non-stop and unassisted. Nonetheless, Sam's decided to do the race again for a third time. Uh, yeah, it's really exciting. Um, some people might think I'm mad, but the Vendée Globe is an amazing race um, and a race that I've already proved to myself and, well, to everybody that it's possible uh, to get on the podium and maybe one day win. Um, I came fourth in 2009 and then in 2012 I broke my rig um, and dismasted and so an abandon is not the great way to to do the last Vendée Globe. So I want to come back because I want to race all the way around the world and much quicker than uh, the previous times, try and be as competitive as possible and, and aim for the podium. So you want to be competitive. Your boat, Initiative Kerr, big red boat. Um, we've got photos of it on the Facebook page, so go to that, Sailing Uncovered on Facebook, and you can see uh, pictures, in fact, video as well, of, uh, of your boat. Um, is it going to be a competitive boat, though? It's already done two races. 
Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, uh, it's a faster boat than I've ever sailed on before. Initiative Care is the old Bon Populaire from 2012, Metro Cook in 2016, um, and she has foils. Um, so she was a boat that was built without foils, and Jeremy Bayou, the previous skipper, added them. Um, is it possible to win with this boat? I asked Guillaume Verdier that question and he told me yes. Uh, there's lots of things that we can do to make her go faster. First of all, they've got to make me go faster. So the, most, the first thing is uh, a lot of training and a lot of miles. And for me, that's the question is, uh, do I want, did I want to build a new boat or take a second hand boat? And I think for me, I don't have the recent experience like Alex Thompson or Armel um, have managed to acquire by f doing Vendée after Vendée after Vendée. Uh, and they're obviously designing brand new boats for, for, well, certainly Alex Thompson for his campaign. Yeah, Alex is building a new boat. Um, and I think for me, I can be more uh, competitive by taking a boat that I can sell from right now um, and developing her. Um, there's rule changes that allow us to make our older type boats go faster. Um, and actually Initiative Kerr is a boat that um, is old enough to have a sort of grandfather rule where the new uh, Mocha 60s now have a one design rig and a one design keel um, and we are just before that rule um, which means that our keel is actually better <laughs> it's a better profile much thinner less drag um, and we can and we don't have to have a one design rig which means that if I want to make really big powerful foils um, I'll be able to reinforce my mast as much as I like. Um, whether it's possible to sail a boat with that powerful foils and, and survive on board for the duration of one day globe is questionable. But um, those are the things and the way that the Yamaka rule has been designed to try and keep the older boats as competitive as possible, as long as possible. Um, so let's see. But first of all, for me, it's just about going out and training and um, making sure that I'm capable of sailing a boat like Initiative Care um, as near to 100% of her capability or her potential. Now, Initiative Coeur, um, if people are listening, France, they'll know all about it because it's, it's a massive charity and a massive movement. But um, for the rest of us, um, just explain this kind of unique concept. Uh, it really is unique. Um, it's a project that has sponsors, um, and we have we have three sponsors basically who finance the the boat. Um, but the uniqueness of the project is the fact that the sponsors give nearly all the visibility on the boat to the charity Missionnaire Chirurgie Cardiac. Um, this charity saves lives, uh, save young kids' lives. It's all, um, it's a charity that helps kids who've been born or have heart defects, um, and who live in countries that are poor that can't afford to have the facilities to operate um, so uh, basically these are operations that in France or in the UK they're operations that are done so early on such tiny babies that the kids don't even don't ever suffer and quite often the defects are detected before birth um, uh, and it's really simple but in the countries that um, that don't have the money uh, the kids um, they're going to die basically if we don't if Missinet doesn't help them. Uh, so the project's all about saving lives, and the way we raise the money is um, by uh, the, our sponsors gaining more and more fans. When they get more fans, they pay more money to the charity. So the sponsors have we have a technical budget. They finance the sailing project um, but on top of that every, the more fans we get um, the more money they give to the charity and it costs about 
£10,000 to save one kid. So we always set ourselves a target every race. And we say, OK, with the transit, transit Jack Fab, we wanted to save at least 15 kids. Um, and then the campaign starts um, just before the race starts. And um, it's all run around Facebook and, and Instagram, the social media. Um, we have a fan page that has more than 600,000 fans, which is more than all the other French projects put together. Um, and every new fan, the sponsors give a euro, one euro to the charity. Um, and now there's so many fans that they also say, okay, every share in the last in the Transit Jack Vab, they said every time a post is shared on our on our Facebook page, we'll give one euro to the charity. Wow. Um, and I think they've opened that up to Instagram as well. Every so time you, there are likes. Um, I think you raised was it something like two hundred and fifty thousand, quarter of a million euros, was it on on the Jack Vab? Yeah, um, our aim, our target was 15 lives, um, and we managed to, in the end, save 25 lives. So, yeah, 200, about £250,000 raised, mostly by donations from our sponsors. But also now there's, there's such a big following in France that actually people actually want to raise money as well, um, independently. There's a lot of schools that um, do sponsored runs or um, sponsored uh, lunch, or they don't eat their lunch or they eat just rice in, for lunch for one day and uh, donate their lunch money. Um, there's a lot of different campaigns around our project um, run by kids and um, different groups that add that money, add their money into the pot. Well, it's, it, it has been a very French uh, charity and campaign uh, because you're on board and you're involved um, they've even translated one of their videos so we'll put that on the Facebook page as well so if people want to want to know more and there's photos of you as well on uh, actually assisting some of these uh, operations which must have been uh, incredible to see yeah, it was amazing. Um, I, that was in 2015. Uh, we followed um, one girl, young girl who, from her arrival in France, and we actually went to the operating theatre and stood um, within touching distance of her heart, which was stopped, and the, her blood was circling, circulating through a machine uh, whilst the surgeons fixed the hole in her heart. And, and then we followed her recovery in her foster family in France. Now, Tanguy de la Motte is the French sailor that's kind of pioneered this initiative Cur as far as sailing is concerned. Um, uh, when you and I were commentating on the arrivals of the Vendée uh, last year, I remember we were having a break and he came over and had a little quiet chat with you and you sort of went off and, and whispered away in the corner and uh, you looked quite excited when you came back and I said, what was said? And you said, I can't tell you, but you'll find out in time. And I think that was, was that the beginning of this, if I'm not mistaken? I raced the Transit Jack Fab with him in 2015, um, so that was just after the Volvo Ocean Race. And, and even at that point, when he called me up to ask me if I would co-skipper his Transit Jack Fab, um, he actually said to me then, he said, look, I'm, I want you to come and race double-handed with me across the Atlantic, but um, I'm not sure if I'm going to want to do a Vendée Globe after 2016, and I'm pretty sure my sponsors and the project want to continue. Uh, so potentially this could be some, the beginning of something big. And, and so then we always stayed in touch, and even when he bought the new Initiative Car, because uh, she's a boat that was bought um, at the beginning of last year, and I was, he always kept me in the loop, even though he had hadn't actually made his final decision until the beginning of uh, 2017. So it's been a long time coming, but it, it, it's exciting times. That's 2020, though, the Vendée Globe. We're still only in 2018. Uh, what's your next big challenge? Uh, the next big challenge is the Route de Rum, which is the race of 2018. Um, and it's in November this year. 
so I've got lots of time to lead up to it. The Route de Rum is a single-handed race across the Atlantic, starting in St. Malo, finishing in Guadeloupe in the Caribbean. You've been across it 24 times already. Why are you doing it again? <laughs> I've never, although I've done 24 transats, I've never ever done the Route de Rum. So it's a very famous race in France. Um, in the year of the Route de Rum, it's always more well-known than the Vendée Globe in France. Right. Um, all the big names have done it and won it. Um, uh, and uh, it's a huge race village prior to the race. And um, I think maybe because it starts in France, but it also finishes in France in the French Caribbean, um, it's it's a big race and it's it's great it's a great course because it's across the Atlantic and it's downwind and but we've got the challenge of getting out of the Channel and the Bay of Biscay in the middle of winter uh, so it's always lively um, and a, and a big challenge to us and and for me it will be uh, I guess part of the stepping stone towards the Vendée Globe because it's the first solo race big solo race that I will have done since 2012 which is a long although I've done a lot of miles since then um, I've been racing fully crude or double-handed you're gonna have to put up with your own company again <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to learn how to make decisions on my own again um and uh, i suspect it'll be a lot easier <laughs> uh, i'm not sure i'm quite um I th i'm gonna have to train a lot and uh, i've been putting the diary together for for this year and the plan is to do as much single-handed sailing and offshore sailing as possible so i can get used to the boat exciting time sam very best of luck Thanks, Alec. Some really great videos and photos from Sam's Initiative Cur team on our Facebook page right now and uh, more coming soon as well. Remember, we're also on Twitter where we're called at Sailing Show. Coming up next month, author and entrepreneur Casper Craven on giving it all up and sailing around the world with his young family. Plus, the brand new e-sailing world championships. Yes, sailing and gaming all in one, but you don't have to listen wearing your baseball cap backwards. You can if you want, though. And yes, if you'd like to put any, any coins in our tin, we will be very grateful. I'm Alec Wilkinson. It's goodbye for now. <laughs>